title of the message tonight is Faith Over Fear. How many of you guys remember that brand? You, you probably saw the t-shirts and the stickers and it was called No Fear. I remember that brand and it was very popular in the late 90s, early 2000s. But the fact of the matter is that slogan, it sounds good, it's good for a t-shirt, but it's not reality, is it? We're going to see David, who is a warrior, victorious warrior. He's going to express that he had fears. He's in a season we're going to see in, in these chapters where he's all alone. This is before he, he got the ragtag group of the mighty men. This is when he's on the run from Saul, fresh out of caves. I'm telling you, we're going to see him in his raw time. And there's fear there. And to be honest, fear is a part of our human experience. Anybody experience something that made you fear, made you afraid? A doctor diagnosis, a pink slip on your desk, uh, a child, a wayward child, uh, a spouse who's fallen off and, uh, you know, betrayal. I- I'm telling you, like, there is so many things in this life that can bring us to, to, to fall under the, the weight of fear. But we're going to unpack it tonight. We're going to see how David handled it. See, the question isn't whether or not we will fear things. It's what we do with it. What do we do with our fears? Do we, do we let it just replay in our brain and, 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 and cause us to be depressed and downtrodden and, and to worry and anxiety is on the rise in this nation? It's not just in the in the world, it's in the church. And tonight I want to encourage us, and I've been encouraged through these psalms. And we're going to see David as he begins in chapter 56, and he also begins similarly in 57. Look at verse number 1. He says, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, O God. In Psalm 57, one, he says the same thing. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. I want you to just get this, uh, get the spirit of what David is doing. David is appealing to the mercies of God. David is appealing not based upon his character or his resume. He is going to God based on his character, God's mercy, God's grace. Anybody uh, ever have to do that? Because the truth is, David was a great man. He was a good man. But the, the greatest of men are just men. And we're flawed. And, and I'm telling you, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. So I think David had spent enough time with God to understand uh, his holiness. You know, like we just think of his holiness. He is perfection. We are so far from that. And even though David was on the run for nothing that he had done, even though David was righteous before God, he had been faithful to serve God and to serve Saul. And, and all that was going on in his life was not a result of his sin or not a result of anything in his character up until this point. He is still going to not have a spirit of entitlement when he came to God. You know what I noticed today in the church? There's a spirit, there's a, there's a spirit of entitlement. 
There's this attitude that God owes us something. Let's be real. God doesn't owe any of us anything. And I'm telling you, when you have that attitude, anything that God blesses you with, any grace that God extends to you, you are more grateful. Anybody have kids who have a little bit of that entitlement in them? I talk about my kids all the time. They want $200 sneakers, and they want, they want this, and, you know, want an iPhone at 10, 9, and 10, and I have to just sometimes bring them back to earth and say, hey, that's not how it works. You got to earn it. You, hey, we don't owe you. All you think that I owe you really is to love you and put a roof over your head and, and, and food in your mouth and clothes on your back. And I have to sometimes tell my kids that. And all the extra stuff is, is a blessing. But they just, they, they, they get entitled, don't they? So do we. We're spoiled. God has been so good to me. He's been so good to you. You may be going through something tonight. I understand it. It might be heavy. David's in a season where he's going through it. His life is on the line. But he still is checking himself as he approaches a holy God. And you can be raw with God. You can, and we see David all the time in the Psalms say, God, where are you? God, what's going on? And, and we see David at times kind of take the gloves off and, and go uh, to God with, 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 you know, his real emotions, raw emotions. But always, I believe, David had a heart of reverence for God and not a spirit of entitlement. You see, what happens when we have a spirit of entitlement we begin to blame God. God, why is this happening? God, why did my child die? And I've seen it. You've seen it too. People who, two different people go through the same similar situation, same trial. One draws closer to God. One gets bitter towards him. And you've seen it. I've seen it. Pastoring. And one walks away from God when the, the trial comes and when the difficulty comes, the other uh, draws close to him. And, and this is what David is doing. He's drawing close to God. We're going to see it. David could have said to God, and he would have been completely honest, God, I didn't ask for this. God, I didn't ask to be king of your people. Hey, I was content on the backside of the desert with those little little sheep that my dad had me watching. And, you know, I was good with you. We had a relationship. And, but you, you sent Samuel. <laughs> you sent Samuel to, to my dad's house. And, and, and you, you went through my other brothers and you chose me. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. But God, I didn't expect for this to come with it. Anybody been there? <laughs> I've been there. And, um, you know, when God called me to preach, I wish it was just the priest, not the pastor sometimes. <laughs> you hear me? Preaching part is the fun part. This is, this is the icing right here. Because this is, this is the pastoring part. That's hard. That's hard. You got to. You gotta weep with people one day, and then you're then you then you're excited when you you marry people, and then you gotta. I mean, you, I mean, it's a gamut of emotions that within a day or two, and it's like ah, oh, it's like hey, 
it is truly a, 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 you have to be called to do this or you will not make it. You won't last. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I kind of related to David and, and in a sense that he, uh, he could have said to God, and I could say, and you could say, and certain things that God has called you to do, but he's Lord. And whatever he calls us to do, it's, he's worthy of it, isn't it? Isn't he? <laughs> isn't he worthy of our service? Isn't he worthy? And any trial that comes into our lives, any difficulty, he has purpose behind it. And remember his character. So David says, be merciful unto me, O God. And uh, I want you to see, we can't, we can't spend too much time there, but I want you to see, David, he must determine to choose faith over fear. I want you to see verse number 3 of Psalm 56. It says, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. David's enemies, he talks about it in, in this chapter, how they are, they're, they're, they will swallow him up. They're, they're, they're strong. They, they, they're oppressing him. And remember, this is during that season when he's all alone. Specifically, this is the time when he was captured in Gath by the Philistines. Read it in 1 Samuel chapter 21 and, and, and verse 10 through 15. And he's brought before King Achash and, and, um, <laughs> They say, look, here's David, the one who they sang that song about, who Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. And um, David's all alone. He's captured. And all that David could think to do in that moment, because he's afraid, is to pretend like he was insane. He began to try to scratch on the door to escape. He began to slobber. He had a beard. You know, see, see, see I'm trying to grow one. You know, see, manly men have beards. Jesus had a beard. David had a beard. <laughs> Anyhow, but David had to, in that circumstance, he thought for sure, this is it. They're about to kill me. Then what can I do? And he just starts to slobber and he starts to act like a, a, a insane person. And the king said, why, what, what need do I have of a, of a crazy man? And he was, he was able to get away. But David is going to, He's, he's speaking this, this prayer. He's saying, what time, whenever, or what time in the King James, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. See, the singer, the sweet psalmist of Israel declares that in his hour of fear, he will trust God. And then we'll see later on that he will declare, uh, because of that trust, he will no longer, the fear will subside. You see, I've, I've seen this in my life. When I trust God, even though I'm afraid, you see, fear and faith can coexist. But the question is, what do we have more of? But when I choose to have faith in God, to trust God, eventually God shows up and shows himself to be God. And then my Fears are dissolved and then my faith is strengthened. And I'm telling somebody in here tonight, believe God more than you believe what the doctor said. Believe God for your marriage. Believe God for your kids. Believe God for your circumstance. Choose faith over fear. 
It's a choice for a believer in Psalm, in Psalm 57, 2 and 3. He says, I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. Listen to this. He said, I'm, he's declaring this. He shall sin from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and truth. And I want you to see David's faith was firmly fitted upon God. Have faith in God. Tell somebody, I'm telling myself, have faith in God. Fear paralyzes a lot of Christians. This fear thing is why some Christians never witness. But let me tell you, every time that I witness, I'm afraid. Every time that I step into this pulpit on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, I'm afraid. I have fear. God, are you going to meet me here again? Or am I going to go back to that stumbling, mumbling, you know, dope that I know that I am? But every time I take a step out and in and, and faith, God meets me there. You see, God isn't impressed with real resume. What God is looking for is some people, some men and women who is going to believe him, who's going to believe him more than their fears, more than their insecurities, more than what they can see. You see, faith sees what, what the eyes cannot see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. God is looking for your faith. The only thing that impressed the Lord Jesus when he was on this earth was faith. Read it in the gospel. He said, I mar- he marveled at the faith of the Syrophoenician woman. He marveled at the faith of the centurion. These were Gentiles. These were people who were considered dogs by the Jews. But they had enough faith to go to him and to petition him. See, some of you, I know you don't have faith because you don't, I don't see you on your knees. You don't believe that God can do it. But those that come to him must believe that he is able to do. <laughs> you must believe. Do you believe God? Let me tell you something tonight. <laughs> One of the things I learned in seminary, I think it was Hudson Taylor who said it. He said it. Expect great things from God and attempt great things from, for God. And we play it safe far too often in our lives because we lack faith. But David said, when I'm afraid, when I have fear, and like I said, David, he's a man's man. He had a beard. He was a fighter. He, he, he was a musician. He was, he, David, he was, a, he was what I call a five talent individual. There's nothing that David couldn't do uh, in a human standpoint. His skill set was unique. David was handsome. David was strong. David was a man who, who was, was a man's man. But his strength didn't come from his, his talent. His strength didn't come from his skill set. It came from his faith. It came through from his God. He said, the Lord, God teaches my hands to war. 
He said he's making my my feet like hinds feet. He said I, I jumped over a wall. He's I, I bent metal. David was saying that he had supernatural strength in battle. That's how he slayed Goliath. I mean, that's how he killed the lion and the bear. That's how he killed the ten thousands of the Philistines. It wasn't because of him. It was because of his God. I want to be a man who's known by his faith. Because the way things are looking, we're going to need God. We're going to need to have faith. We're going to have to be firmly rooted in God. Because it's going to get difficult here pretty soon. I see it. George Mueller, he, he was a man who God used in a mighty way. With it. He, uh, he had orphanages. And he ministered to, to many children. And, and uh, he never asked for a penny in his ministry. There'd be times where they'd have not a stitch of food in the cab, in the cupboards, in the in the places, in the orphanage, and he would sit the kids down and they'd pray. They'd thank God for the food, and then they'd get the knock on the door. The baker, he'd say, "Oh, we had an order canceled. I got this fifty extra dozen of bread, freshly baked bread." A few minutes after that. The, da- the dairy truck was, would break down in front of the orphanage. I could read the stories. And, he, and he'd come knocking on the door and say, Hey, Mr. Mueller, do you have use of some fresh milk? I, I, it's going to go bad. I need to get it out now. I'm telling you. See, our history as Christians is, 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 is built. It, it, you see throughout the line of the history of Christianity is men and women who simply have faith in an awesome God. And because of that, God did mighty, miraculous things through them and for them. Have faith in God. I just want to park it here tonight. If you get nothing else tonight, have faith in God. Remember who you serve. Remember He is omnipotent. Remember there is nothing that He can't do. That for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And you say, oh, you're just being a cheerleader. Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. Oh, I prayed about it once, and it hasn't changed yet. (laughs) God help us. Believe God. Have faith in God. David says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. He says in verse number four, chapter 56, in God, I will praise his word In God, I have put my trust. I've learned this. If I'm in the word of God, if I'm feeding my spirit, that is going to strengthen my faith. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing. And for the Christian, when we neglect the word of God. Our faith is going to be small. Our faith isn't going to be fed. Our spiritual muscles aren't going to be strengthened. And David says, I, I, I believe your word. I will praise your word. I, I have put my trust in you, God. God had told David already. He anointed David through his prophet Samuel that he would be king in Israel. That he And when God says it, God will execute it, even though it looked like at this time he was doomed, like he would die. But God had David, and this is what he is reciting, I believe, for himself. Anybody been there where you've got to recite God's word to yourself? 
Oftentimes when I'm preaching, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. Oftentimes in sermon prep, oftentimes in my personal devotions, uh, God speaks to me. And I, I always listen very closely to the promises. Because I'm gonna, if I don't need it right now, there will be a day when I need it. And if you don't need it right now, if everything's going good, God bless your heart. But I'm telling you, there's going to come a day when all that you have is to lean on God and his word, his promises. This is what David is saying. He was all alone. He had to act like he was insane to escape. But he believed God's word. He believed what God had said. And I want you to get this picture. When you believe and I believe God's word, then we have more faith than fear. We don't fear. Man, I want you to see it. Uh, when we believe God's word, we understand his character. Look at, uh, let's go to uh, verse 8 of chapter 56. He says, you number my wanderings. You put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. How did David know that God was for him? He, he believed God's word. And some of you need to hear it tonight again. If God be for you, who can be against you? He loves you. He has a plan for your life. I know it may seem like this season is one that's dark and you're not really hearing from him. But let me tell you, he will never leave us or forsake us. And remember that. And you've got to remember that, that when you don't see his, when you don't see him working, you can trust his heart. You can trust his character. You can trust his promises. And so God sees your suffering tonight. I don't know who needs to hear that. God sees the tears that you cry and he holds them, each and every one of them. This is the picture David is saying. He, he knows every tear that I'm shedding. I'm in this cave alone. All I've done is serve you, God. And, and now they want to kill me. But God, I know you see my tears at night. I, I know I know that tears that weeping may endure for a night, God, but joy will come in the morning light. You might be weeping right now, but I'm promising you, based upon who God is, that joy will come. You say, how can joy come out of this? I don't know. But God has promised. And I really believe it's, it's His Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. And, and you've seen it. Joy unspeakable, like it doesn't make sense. I had a couple come in the prayer room and be preaching their mom's funeral. Prayed for her in the prayer room a few months back, but but God called her home. Cancer. And the wife came in there. It's her mom. She's like, Pastor, I just can't explain it. I just have joy. (laughs) I just have a peace. I know my mom isn't suffering anymore. I know she's in the presence of God. And and I thought I would be more broken. I thought I'd be weeping right now. But I have joy. Only God. Somebody needs to hear this. David 
He was reminding himself of God's character. It says in verse number nine, I know because God is for me. Verse 10, he says, in God, I will praise his word. Once again, he's talking about God's word. He says, in the Lord, I will praise his word. He's, he's, he's repetitive in this because the word of God is his foundation. The word of God is what is strengthening him while he's in this cave, while he's on the run, while he's seemingly alone. Verse 11 says, in God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So David is declaring because he has placed his trust in God that he doesn't, he will not fear man. He will not worry about what flesh can do to him. Now, in, in reality, right, flesh can do something to us. Flesh can hurt us. They can, they can harm us. They could, they could do something to us. But what David is saying here is this, that God uh, has the final say that flesh can try to do stuff, try to kill, try to steal, try to destroy. The enemy could try to do these things, but ultimately God has the final say. Hey, some of us need to hear this so we don't fear men. If we stand before God, and we do because of the blood of Jesus Christ, then we don't have to fear any man. Hey, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, in verse 25, the fear of man brings a snare. Fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. He's our strong tower. He's that we can hide in the cleft of the rock of ages. And I want someone tonight to be reminded, you don't have to fear anybody. The righteous Proverbs 28 says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know, we need more boldness in the day that we're living in. The world is bold to, to promote their agendas, their wickedness and perversion. We need more bold Christians. And, and listen to me. Boldness is not the absence of fear. Boldness is a fruit, I believe, of, of spending time in the presence of God. I believe uh, of being on our knees before God, praying, and He will fill us up with boldness to stand in this wicked generation, to expose the unfruitful works of darkness, to, 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 to be uh, one standing in the gap for this generation. The Bible talks about David in the New Testament that he would serve his generation and then he would go to sleep. David was a testimony. People came from far and wide to to see King David. He was special. Why? Because he chose faith over fear. He he honored God. David he's in a season right now. He was he was in a dark time, but God's word strengthened him, him declaring God's promises. But I want to see lastly tonight when we're done, I want to see what David does. He praises before the breakthrough. And this is the principle. This is the principle. I've been in, you know, I play sports and 
And, and uh, I've been in some tight games. And I'll never forget one game when I was in seminary. I played basketball the first two years. We had a team. And, I mean, we were always undermanned. Most of the guys on the team were homeschooled, come from small Christian high schools. And, you know, and so we would play these teams. And, I mean, I mean, sometimes I remember one time we got smashed by like 50 points. And, and uh, but I'm telling you, I remember one time we were in, this, in, in Oklahoma playing in the, the end of the year tournament, the, the national tournament. And, and our coach, we were down at halftime, and, and our coach came in there, and he, he just, he gave the most inspirational halftime speech I have ever heard. And he went around to all of us, and he began to talk about how he believed in us, and that how we were going to win our matchup in the second half. And, and to be honest with you, I was getting cooked in the first half by this guy who looked like a surfer. And I put my head, I was guarding him as best as I could. And they're looking to me to lead the team, you know, and I'm just, this guy's just scoring at will on me. And I'm frustrated and but he looks at me, he says, Abram, you're going to win this matchup. You're going to stop this man. You're going to, we're going to win and we're going to be victorious. And just something in us just clicked and I believed him. Like my coach believes in me, you know, and, and let's go. And we went out and we handled business in the second half and. And uh, one of the best second halves of my career. And I just think about that. Like right now, we, we're we in the battle right now. We, we Sometimes we're in the trenches and we, we, we're going through it right now. And we don't, we don't, we don't know exactly how things are going to turn out. But what God is looking for is a, the, enough faith to right now declare that you are going to be victorious, that you, you can praise God right now where you're at. You can have the, enough uh, uh, belief in God to praise before you see the outcome, to praise Him before you see the breakthrough. And I want to tell somebody tonight, start praising. Praise Him right now for the victory. Pray, give Him the honor and the glory right now for what He is going to do. Oh, God is, He's moved by that. Oh, that's what excites God. He shows up when there's people that believe Him enough to say, I'm going to praise even though it doesn't look like uh, it's going to happen. Even though the circumstances look like they're stacked against us, we're going to praise before our breakthrough. Look at verse number 12 of 56. He says, Vows made to you are binding upon me. Oh God, I will render praises to you. I will render praises to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Have not, have you not kept my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Psalm 57 and verse 5 says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. This is why he's in the dark. This is why he's in the cave in Agilum. This is why he's acting like he's crazy in front of King Achish. I'm telling you, he's still going to exalt God. He said, be exalted. Oh God, above the heavens, let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my step. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me in the midst of it. They themselves have fallen, Selah. Verse 7, my heart is steadfast, oh God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give 
praise. Awake, my glory, awake, lute and heart. He's going to pull out the, he doesn't have an instrument at this time. Remember, he's the sweet psalmist of Israel, but he's, he's, he's imagining, he's praising God. I'm going to bring out the lute. That was a string instrument, the heart as, as well. And I will awaken the dawn. He says, early in the morning, God, you're going to hear me praise you. Even though it's still hard, even though things aren't going well, even though it seems like all the cards are stacked against me, I'm going to wake up early and the first thing on my lips is going to be your praise, God. Anybody going to do that? I will praise you, verse 9. O Lord, among the peoples, I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto heaven, and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Praise before. Praise Him. He's worthy. I want to tell somebody tonight, faith over fear. Don't leave here tonight downtrodden. Put your eyes on Him again. Let, let Him put a pep in your step again. Let Him light that fire in you. Even though you haven't seen the breakthrough, praise Him as if it has already come. David's a young warrior. He's been crowned king. And right now, he's, he's, he's in that refining time. God is going to, is strengthening his faith. And I'm telling us, God allows things, He allows adversity in our lives so that we can be refined, so that we can learn to trust Him. If everything just was smooth sailing, you know, the best sailors, they become that in storms. And I want to be, I want to be, I want to be seasoned. I want to, and I know that's, that's tough because it's, it's painful at times, but God's got us. Maybe right now you're, you're praying for a breakthrough. Praise him tonight. Come to the altar tonight. Lay it down one more time. Cast your care on him tonight. And let him do what only he can do. Choose faith over fear. I'm not saying we won't fear. But we have to have ask God to give us enough faith. Just a mustard. What do you think Jesus was talking about? If you have a faith of a mustard seed, if you just have that much more faith than, than doubt and fear, God can work with that. God can work with that, y'all. He can take a faith of a mustard seed and he can move a mountain with that. So imagine if we just, if we just started just getting really bold in our prayers. We just started getting really uh, just serious about seeking him, about fasting, about uh, press. Imagine what he will do in your home, in your heart, in your family, in your situation. And I want to encourage some prayer warriors to pick up your mantle again. 